Welcome to the sixth episode of Ability. I'm your host, Jacob Holt. In this episode, I talk to author and podcaster, Wynne Charles. It was a real pleasure to get to talk to Wynne. I'm going to be on her podcast later this month, Butterflies of Wisdom. Without further ado, let's jump right in. So how are you this morning? I am perfectly fine, Jacob. Thank you for having me on the Ability podcast. This interview should be interesting, but yet fun. I hope it's fun. I try. So uh, so tell me about your disability. Sure. My disability is cerebral palsy. And for those of your listeners who may not know about cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy is a lack of oxygen at birth, childhood disease. Cerebral palsy can't get better. It can't get worse. So, I mean, it can get worse if you don't um, stay on top of it like most disabilities. But what I've come to find out is that a lot of people don't understand cerebral palsy. They look at me and they see me as a podcast host running two podcasts, writing six books, and they look at me walking in a walker and it's like, we don't understand why you have done all this. And I say, well, I beat the odds again. That's amazing. You're able to walk with a walker. It's awesome. I am. I'm able to walk with a walker and my next big trick is to walk with forearm, forearm crutches so I can get rid of my walker because I've been on my walker for 10 plus years now. And I before that, I was able to walk independently. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 87. How old were you at that time? How old was I at the time? I was diagnosed as a newborn with cerebral palsy. I mean, I still hold the record for being the smallest baby born in Aspen, Colorado. And at that time, it was one pound 13 ounces. And I was diagnosed as a newborn. Now, that being said, I'm noticing nowadays that most kids are getting diagnosed at age two, age three, and I don't think that's the appropriate age to diagnose cerebral palsy because you have those developmental delays that impact the child for the rest of their life. What was it like growing up with cerebral palsy? I grew up in a way of I was never treated as if I had a disability. I was always treated as if I was a bodied woman. I went to um, classes fully integrated, and I'm still fully integrated in my college career. I'm going back to school as a journalism student. And so both um, both 
time going to college. I'm fully um, integrated, and I'm also I was fully integrated in my private school, my high school, my college the first go round, my college the second go round. What was it specifically like in grade school? Were there any challenges to that? Anything you had to work through? Anything that you couldn't do at that time? I I can't I can't and I couldn't type and my math skills are very, very weak. My math skills are extremely weak. So that's why I'm not in accounting. And so but I can do I can write books. I have written six books six books, all of them can be found on Amazon under my name W I N Kelly K E L O Y Charles C H A L L E S. And um yes, Wynn is my legal name. That is how you spell it. What brings you joy? Interviewing amazing people. What brings me joy is being a full-time podcaster and actually getting paid for it. Thank you very much. And teaching about cerebral palsy every day. Teaching people about cerebral palsy every day. That's what brings me joy. Tell me about your podcast. It's Butterflies of Wisdom, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that can also be um, found in iTunes. And I have another personal podcast called The Spirit of 622. And that's more about my story in audio format. So those who um, just want to find a podcast and don't want to read I Come a Win can get that five-minute podcast. It's called The Spirit of 622. And, um, yeah. I will say, I really admire Butterflies of Wisdom for doing two episodes a week. <laughs> it would, what you do as your full-time job, I would have to, to do two episodes a week. Well, I, um, I still teach on the side. I will be teaching in till 2018. Also, I really admire your hustle. You know, like I follow you on Twitter, and you're just constantly tweeting at people. Will you be on my show? Nine times, nine times out of ten, you know, I have because people are so fascinated by my story. I have never got a no thank you since I started this podcast. That's amazing. Yeah, your podcast is really great, though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, thank you for saying that. And I am hoping to be a um, top disabled podcaster. What adaptations have you had to make to the world around you? What adaptations have I made, have I had to make to the world around me? Well... Since I'm not being able to walk um, independently, I've been, I have gotten used to being on a walker, but I can do, um, I can do stairs. So 
if if people come to my house, they would be shocked that my house isn't adapted for me. So being on a walker is about the closest adaptation I've had to make. Do you use a walker because you want to or because you had to because you lived in a house with stairs? I already had a house with stairs. No, I was forced to use a walker. um, And I admit to you now when I say forced because my, I went into scoliosis surgery and I fully admit this in my book, I Come a Win. And they screwed up my back so bad that now I'm forced to use a walker. Unfortunately, sometimes surgeries go wrong. Even if there's only a 1% chance, you can be the 1%. Well, I'm in the 1%. I'm the 1%, Jacob, that, yeah, they let my spine go dead for 20 minutes and gave me propofol and fusion syndrome. I am and was the youngest person to survive propofol and fusion syndrome, basically in layman's terms, that means your body gets SNS. What was your relationship like with your parents? My relationship with my parents and still to this day, I lost my mom when I was 23 years old. She unfortunately passed away of meningitis. She was in a hospital with a brain aneurysm, which I fully admit in I come away. I just don't admit the meningitis part. Um, but meningitis killed my mom. The hospital killed my mom. Medical malpractice big time. So my relationship with my parents my mom was my daily aide up until the day she died. Even in the hospital, she said after three hours of brain surgery, she said, who's taking care of when before naming the people in the room? That's really touching. And so that being said, my dad and I have always been close, but this situation of losing my mom have just made us closer. That's great to hear, you know, that you and your dad were able to become closer. If you could have any job, if education, cost, and physical ability were not a factor, just pure enjoyment, what would you like to do? If I could have any job and physical impairment was not a factor, I would either be a fashion designer or a full-time podcaster because I love podcasting. The more I podcast, the more I think it's a disease because (laughs) the more you do it, the more you want it, at least in my experience. Yes, exactly. Who inspires you or who do you look up to? Truly, the traction I got off I win and the reason why I love I win is to explain my life with cerebral palsy. And truly, my fan base inspires me every single day, but the top of my fan base would um, be my mom. Second would be my dad. 
That's awesome. What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? Learning how to walk again. Learning how to walk with this device. What's that process like through learning to walk? Because it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, especially when they tell you, man, your um, your life just leave it at that. And I'm like, no, you. I got, I got in many, 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 many fights with CPs in um in the hospital because I, as I said earlier. I had stairs at my house, and they they didn't want to teach me how to do stairs. Particularly walking up and down the stairs, I said, "Excuse me, I'm not going home to adapt uh, this house. You guys have to teach me how to do stairs." So the second time around, um, the second time around when I had my second back operation, I brought in my own physical therapist who um, basically said to the doctors, look, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it. And so that's how I did it. Because I think a lot of PTs don't understand cerebral palsy and they don't understand where I'm coming from. I mean, right now I'm having a fight with PTs about form clutches, and the I'm the first woman in the country to be walking with an exoskeleton. And for those of you who want to follow Amanda Boxtel on Facebook and follow. Um, and go listen to my podcast with her on it, explaining this uh, amazing technology. This technology is amazing, the exoskeleton. The exoskeleton was invented by two scientists, at one at Berkeley, one, one at Harvard, and then the U.S. Army got it, and then they're starting to use it for medical purposes. Well, of course, every um, other clinical trial with the exoskeleton failed. So, of course, I beat the odds because I am the only one using it with cerebral palsy. The rest of the clients that are using it um, have paralysis. I imagine that most of the patients that are using it too were veterans in some way. They might be, they might be at both the lead, but certainly not at Craig Hospital, and um, certainly not up here. That's awesome. Do you find that you're, you because know, you've mentioned during this interview multiple times, you know, where you've had issues with medical malpractice basically with your mother and with you know that spine surgery do you think that those times have made you kind of jaded to our medical system and to healthcare? um i believe in doctors but i strongly believe in alternative medicine and doctors and alternative medicine don't mix 
because at least in my personal life, which I don't push this on anybody, I have fairly high confidence in the healthcare system just because I have high confidence in the doctors personally. So I'll find one doctor who I trust and who I like, and I'll see them until they retire or die. <laughs> so that's that's my window to the healthcare system. Some people don't have that. Some people live in a smaller area or don't have access to one you know doctor, or maybe that doctor's too expensive to go see. So I live I live in a small enough area. I don't trust the hospital up here, and people know that about me. I don't trust a local hospital up here. I don't trust the local hospital here either. I all my um, all my medical treatments were done at the Children's Hospital in Denver, Colorado. Actually, one of the third ranked children's hospitals in the country by U.S. News and World Report. So I'm extremely lucky, but still I have the medical malpractice um, aspect. Unfortunately, some doc- you know sometimes the doctor makes mistake. It may not be often, it may be once or twice in their career, but it has huge repercussions for someone's life. You know, if you're at work and you're a secretary and you mistype a letter, no big deal. <laughs> if you're a doctor and, you know, and drop a scalpel, that's a big deal. How do you think people see you? Well, as I said, when I walk into the room and people don't know me, they look at me like I have two heads when they hear my podcast with my co-host, who's legally blind, who is the only um, athlete who is legally blind to hand bike. And so when they look at both of us and they don't know us, they second judge us like book by its cover. But once they get behind the walls a little bit and hear what we're doing for the disabled population, they are amazed. How do you wish that people would see you? Well, yesterday, yesterday, which will be coming out today, I had a um, podcast episode that was kind of flowing on me from the disabled community, and I admit that in my um, episode. But I, it was about bullying and the mindset of bullying, and so even though I have never been bullied in my life, I know a lot of people have been bullied and a lot of people have been sexual predators on other disabled people. And so I wish people would get beyond the wall of the disabled individuals and see what gifts we have to offer, not necessarily or disabilities. Tell me about your book again, I Comma Win. How did that come to be? You know, what was the process like from saying, okay, I want to write a book to then getting that book published? That came together after losing my mom and I gave myself a year to write that book and I did it in a year. I used a ghostwriter where the ghostwriter didn't work out and then I use Apple's Siri dictation. For those of you on the Android side, you have um, Dragon Naturally Speaking. 
Um, did you self-publish your book, or did you have a publisher do that? Yeah. Yes, I self-published my book through Amazon. That's what's uh, so amazing about our modern time. It's used to, if you wanted to write a book and you wanted anybody to read it, you'd have to find a publisher and pay them lots of money to have them you know, publish your book. So now you can go on Amazon and say, here's my book. Please sell it. I think that is so amazing. I agree. I definitely agree. How did your podcast come to be, too? When did you decide that you wanted to do a podcast? Well, my podcast is a spinoff of the book. Two weeks after the book came out, people were asking me, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it with a physical disability? And I thought, well, if I turn on the mic one more time and tell people I have cerebral palsy, they are going to turn around and shut me down and shut me up. And so I thought, oh, why not use, with my background and being in education and me being so interested and educated myself, I thought, why not bring solo entrepreneurs on to teach not only me something, but my audience something, and now my co-host something, and so that's how the podcast came to be. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates? Now, Glenn, I knew you were going to ask me this question. Um, when the work you have done um, was wonderful, that's what I would like to hear um, at the pearly gates. Your work was wonderful. You did a good job. You made an impact. The work you have done for the disabled community is wonderful. Is there anything else you want to talk about that I haven't brought up? I would like that people would follow me on Twitter, Win W-I-N, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S, and of course it's the at sign. And then just go look for my books on Amazon. And then my, um, you can also follow me on Facebook. That's W Charles, C H A R L E S, 1195. And my author's page is connected to it. And I'll just Google my name, you guys. And then you guys can find me and find the podcast. And please subscribe to both podcasts, The Spirit of 622 and The Butterflies of Wisdom. Where did the title Butterflies of Wisdom come from? The title of, well, it used to be called Wins Women of Wisdom. Well, men got, men got in on the ass. So then I had to change the title. But, um, because when we educate ourselves, we become butterflies. The caterpillar has no education. So that's why I named it, we named it Butterflies of Wisdom. Do you find a sense of humor is important for living with a disability? Do I find a sense of humor is important for living with a disability? Yes and no. Most people I was approached yesterday by 
Facebook fan asking me to um, approve something, and he did it in a sixth sense of humor way, and I said, dude, I literally said to him, dude, people will not open book like I am, so if I find this offensive, other people will, and he goes, why? And because people are very shy when it comes to talking about their disabilities. At least for my personal life, I find a sense of humor helps me get through the day. If I can't laugh about it, you know, I occasionally need a good laugh. No, I agree as long as you do it in a tasteful way. Oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm not, you know, trying to confuse a sense of humor with being insulting or making fun of someone. You know, like, that's, you know, that's, of course, not okay. You know, that goes back to bullying, and that's not okay. I'm saying, you know, you know, even even if it's just a, sep- a self-deprecating joke towards yourself. Well, I think I'm done. Sometimes episodes run short because they're real tight, and we run through it quickly, and sometimes they run longer. I usually just have a set of questions, and when we get through them, I don't try to, you know, drag it out longer than it needs to be. Well, thanks so much for doing this with me. I look forward to being on your show. I think I'm, you know, you have quite the back catalog, so. I I do too, and I, yeah, I do too, and explaining more of your story because I I have a friend with uh, little bone disease. So far of this podcast, there's yet to be an episode about me. So one day, but not now. One day, one day. Well, we'll um we'll make it all about you, and then you can use. My um my podcast interview I do with you on your feed too, so that people can understand about you. Well, I look forward to doing this again sometime. This was fun, and I look forward to talking to you in December. Thank you. So, bye. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ability. I really enjoyed making it. You can follow Wynn on Twitter at Win Kelly Charles. You can follow me on Twitter at the Jacob Holt and the show on Twitter at Ability Podcast. If you have a moment, please leave a review in iTunes. It really helps out the show. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send it to abilitypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. <laughs>